Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so just, just start off by saying what this is from. It's from... Okay, this is an essay called Something to Write Home About. It's from uh, uh, Selected uh, Prose to, uh, 1971 to 2001. It's called Finders Keepers is the title, uh, and um, this was this is a, a chapter that I particularly like. Uh, something to write home about, and it talks about the Moyola uh, being uh, uh, a very important uh, boundary uh, in his life, and a marker. Uh, and um, so I'll read uh, this here now. And there's a reference to the poem Terminus, which we'll play a little bit later. Uh, and uh, in Terminus, there there is a mention about the last Earl on horseback, which was uh, Hugh Neal, uh, who during the war, the Nine Years' War, uh, there was an incident happened during that war in which he met uh, the English commander, the Earl of Essex, who uh, had an army of something like 30,000 behind him. And he arranged to meet uh, the Earl of Essex at, the, uh, at a river, a small river in County Louth. And uh, uh, O'Neill uh, went out uh, to meet him, went out into the middle of the river, uh, and the, the horse was um, up to his chest in water. And he, he took off his... Uh, his hat as a mark of uh, respect for his opponent on the other side and um, I think um, both of them on that, on that day were leaving behind their, their exalted positions uh, their armies and they were meeting uh, man to man uh, and they had a, a private conversation and there was a lull in the, in the war but then it um, it uh, continued uh, after a while. But I think uh, you know. Uh, I think maybe what um, Heaney was uh, suggesting is things can be um, um, uh, river or uh, can divide people, but it can also unite people. And little uh, personal um, initiatives uh, can sometimes make a difference. Uh, and uh, I think he may have been thinking of the poem that he wrote, uh, The Other Side, uh, in which uh, the, the Protestant farmer um, makes these little gestures uh, of respect for coming upon the, the house at the wood where they're saying the rosary and not wanting to intrude or interrupt. So um, I think uh, we're, we're sitting here just beside the Mayola, and I think it's a perfect... Uh, piece uh, and it also shows how beautifully Seamus could write in prose uh, we all know him for his poems but I think this, this is really beautiful this is, the, this is the first couple of pages or so something to, something to write home about 
The River Moyola flows southeast from a source in the Spurn Mountains down through County Derry and enters Loch Ney just a few miles from where I grew up. Over the years the river has been deepened and straightened but in the 1940s there was a ford at Lower Brook and a trail of big stepping stones led across from one bank to the other linking the townland of Brook to the townland of Bells Hill. We used to paddle around the gravel bed on the Brook side and I always loved venturing out from one stepping stone to the next right into the middle of the stream. For even though the river was narrow enough and shallow enough, there was a feeling of daring once you got into the main flow of the current. Suddenly you were on your own. You were giddy and rooted to the spot at one and the same time. Your body stood stock still like a milestone or a boundary mark, but your head would be light and swimming from the rush of the river at your feet and the big stately movement of the clouds in the sky above your head. Nowadays, when I think of that child rooted to the spot in midstream, I see a little version of the god the Romans called Terminus, the god of boundaries. The Romans kept an image of Terminus in the temple of Jupiter on Capitol Hill, and the interesting thing is that the roof above the place where the image sat was open to the sky, as if to say that a god of the boundaries and borders of the earth needed to have access to the boundless, the whole unlimited height and width and depth of the heavens themselves. As if to say that all boundaries are necessary evils, and that the truly desirable condition uh, is the feeling of being unbounded, of being king of infinite space. And it is that double capacity that we possess as human beings, the capacity to be attracted at one and the same time to the security of what is infinitely known, and the challenges and entrancements of what is beyond us. It is this double capacity that poetry springs from and addresses. A good poem allows you to have your feet on the ground and your head in the air simultaneously. Now, Terminus appears as chairman in many Irish place names, meaning the deep land belonging to an abbey or a church, land that was especially marked off for ecclesiastical use. And even though there were no places called Terman in the Moyola district, I knew in my bones from very early on that the Moyola itself was a very definite Terminus, a marker off of one place from another. I knew it when I stood on the stepping stone, but also when I stood on the bridge that spanned the river at Castle Dawson. I loved to hang over the range wall and look directly down at the flow that the trout were darting about, and the river weed waved like a streamer under the stream. On one side of me was the village of Castle Dawson, where my mother's people lived on a terrace house, with trellis of roses over the front pathway and a vegetable garden at the back. My grandparents' house in Castle Dawson could have been in any spick and span English mill village, any working class terrace where the factory workers came and went to the sound of the factory horn. In this case, the factory was Clark's Linen Mill, and the horn blew morning and evening at eight and at six, first to call the hands in and then to let them go home. Home to New Row and Boyne Row and Station Road, up past the Orange Hall and the Protestant Church, up past the entrance to Moyola Park, where the Castle Dawson's soccer team at his pitch and Mayola Lodge with Chichester Clarks lived their different life behind the walls of their domain. All that was mentally in one side of the river. On the other there was the parish of Balahi or Bali Scullion where my father's side of the family, the Heenies and the Scullions had lived for generations. Their dwellings were thatched rather than slated. Their kitchens had open fires rather than polished stoves. The houses stood in the middle of the fields rather than on a terrace, and the people who lived in them listened to the cattle roaring rather than the horn blowing. Somehow, even at that early stage, 
I knew the Blackie side of my life was not only in a different physical location, but in a different cultural location as well. There was no pitch there for soccer or English Association football, as the game was more officially called. In my mind, Balaghi belonged not only to Gaelic football, but to the much older Gaelic order of cattle herding and hill forts. The village, for instance, had a fair day on the first Monday of every month. The streets would be crammed with cows and heifers and bullocks. The whole place loud and stinking with the smells of the beasts in their dung. It was impossible to think of any such unruly activity happening on the main street of Castle Dawson. Castle Dawson was a far more official place altogether. More modern, more part, of, more, more part of the main drag. The very name of the place is from the orderly English world of the 18th century, whereas Balaki is from an older, more obscure origin in Irish. So, as I once said in a poem, a poem called Terminus, I grew up in between. I grew up between the predominantly Protestant and loyalist village of Castle Dawson and the generally Catholic and nationalist district of Balaki, in a house situated between a railway on a road, between the old sounds of a trotting horse and the newer sounds of a shunting engine, on a border between town lands and languages, between accents at one end of the parish that reminded you of Antrim and Ayrshire and the Scottish speech I used to hear on the Fair Hill in Ballymena, and accents at the other end of the parish that reminded you of the different speech of Donegal, speech with the direct, clear ring of the Northern Irish I studied when I went to the Gelta and Ronafest. So now I'll let you hear uh, Terminus, the poem Terminus. Spoken by Seamus Heaney himself. Yes, Lovely. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.